On today's episode, I speak with Brooklyn Storm. Brooklyn is a private practice coach with a twist, which I will let her tell you about. Together we explore connections, loneliness, good, the bad and the ugly of online groups and how the groups we're in have really made a difference to us and our lives. And we discovered during this episode that what we're really talking about is providing safe spaces for people to make authentic connections with themselves and with others. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Brooklyn, and welcome to Creating Connections That Matter. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, Kim. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. Um, Yeah, sure. I have worked as a psychologist for 21 years, worked in mental health for 27. Uh, Now I'm transitioning out of psychology and I'm a private practice consultant and a private practice coach. And I help health professionals like psychologists, social workers and therapists build their uh, private practice in a way that feels really aligned with their purpose. So that's what I'm doing. That's a bit about me. Yeah, and it's um, been a bit of transition for you. So one of the reasons that I've asked Brooklyn to come on and have a discussion with me about connecting through groups is because over the last nine months we've um, been connecting in a small group online and we will talk about that as we go in the in the podcast but I'm just flagging that with everyone at the moment so because this is first and foremost about connections I'm, I'm curious as to how your experience is about loneliness and I think you know most of us if not everyone has experienced loneliness at some point in their life And is there a time in particular that you'd be willing to share with the audience about your experience of loneliness? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, my life's an open book. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I was thinking about this last night actually and something came to mind and my first reaction was, well, I'm generally not a lonely person. I identify as being quite introverted and very comfortable in my own company but when I thought about it more uh, what I realized was that yeah actually I can remember a time in my life where I was lonely and it was when I was an adolescent I was in high school and I remember I went to one of the I think at the time it was even the biggest high school it was um, and uh, I remember there was 38 students in my class and I just felt so lonely like I was even when we did concerts and and things like that I can just remember um, the experience of disconnection I just recall um, being around lots of different bodies and it was like I was observing you know all the cliques and and all the, the different little groups were happening around me and I just felt like I was never part of that I just um it was interesting because although there were those people there, um, mm-hmm. I felt disconnected. And so for me, um, high school was a very, very lonely time. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I haven't, I haven't really experienced that. And I've travelled to, you know, all over the world, as you know, like, you know, I 
go off to all these different countries because I'm very interested in learning about things like spirituality and stuff. And so there was um, a period there where I just picked up and I decided I was going to go and live in the Middle East so that I could Mm -hmm. learn more about all that stuff. I didn't know how to speak, read or write Arabic. I taught myself that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I taught myself all of that sort of stuff from, I'll show my age now, but it was a CD called Arabic for Dummies. And I, I, I taught myself all of that before I went and I found myself in um, over a period of about eight years travelling around foreign countries um, where I didn't speak the language but at no time did I ever feel lonely. But reflecting on your question really made me think when was the last time I did and I would have to say it was high school, yeah. Mm, Which which kind of leads into the next question about, you know, what does connection mean to you? So here you are overseas mm. without any, you know, extended family, without any specific network, mm. by yourself in a different country with different language and different culture, but there wasn't a sense of loneliness. It sounds like it was more a sense of connection. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I can honestly say that I'm one of those people that feels more at home in other countries than she does in her own sometimes. But I think for me, um, that feeling of connection came through behaviour and it came through energy. And so it was really around being in countries where there were very clear language barriers but people would extend a hand to shake my hand. People would smile at me. Um, we were doing charades and, and, and pantomimes and then, you know, I would get what I ordered <laughs> at the restaurant mm-hmm. and, and things like that and then we'd have a laugh about it and then, you know, that kind of little bond had formed and so I would often go back to that um, restaurant or I would go back to that cafe and then there was recognition so that bond had sort of been formed. So even though we couldn't really speak each other's languages, we'd communicated um, through behaviour um, and I think through just that really beautiful positive energy that comes through a willingness to want to connect mm-hmm. with someone, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think for me that's what it's about. It's about that energy and that, that willingness to want to be part of something. Yeah, definitely, and that fits in with... Um, you know, if we look at connection when you're seeing someone and valuing them mm. and hearing them, it's that openness, that willingness to, to be there for each other mm. and to really make that effort and that's what you're talking about. Mm. That. And also a bit of that vulnerability. So I'm being me, trusting you to interpret and understand what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like a very special experience to have had yeah absolutely and it's that it's a real exchange isn't it it's it's Mm. two-way it can't just be um whether it's you know here in in australia or whether it's over in a country where they don't speak english and you don't speak arabic for example um it's both people have to be Mm. invested in Mm -hmm. wanting that connection and therefore there has to be the giving and the taking it's got to be that flow of um energy in that exchange otherwise there's a disconnection don't you think oh definitely definitely and i think that segues segue i got to use that word um (laughs) quite well into talking about online groups that um, we've both 
been involved with mm. separately mm-hmm. and, and then together. Because mm. um, there's quite, we talk about online groups and there's quite a lot of different styles and types out there. Mm. For size-wise, for example, it ranges from a couple of people to thousands, mm. sometimes even hundreds of thousands in some some groups and then we have networking groups and educational groups and paid groups and you name it, there is a group for it. Mm. So what? how's your experience been of groups in the past? I, know, I do know that you've had some quite um, doozies of experiences in some groups. Mm. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, maybe you'd like to share just, you know, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, there was a group that I was in that was a coaching group, for example. I paid a lot of money to be part of this um, coaching group. At the time, I was really looking up to and admiring this person and I wanted, you know, I was aspiring to sort of um, create a model for myself based on the model that uh, they were teaching. And so I signed up for, for this coaching and um, as part of that got to be in their um, coaching group. And it was a, a real sort of eye-opener for me because this person had nearly 200 people, I think it was 220, 220 or 222 people um, on the live coaching call. And it was very frustrating because... Yeah, because, you know, it was the only time you got to interact with this person. They only did these calls once a month. So you you kind of thought they were like gold. You cleared Mm. time. You made time in your diary for these calls because you wanted to connect with this person so badly. But then what would happen is you never got to talk. They didn't get to see you. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, so... That was really disappointing. So I kind of um, came away from that experience vowing that I would never have big groups for live coaching calls when I started doing my own group coaching. Mm -hmm. The other thing was um, when it came to, um, you know, live again, live coaching calls, being a member of a group, so not the coach but being a member, um, I've also had the experience of coaches who can't moderate the coaching call very well and they've allowed one or two people to dominate the one-hour mm. call and it's meant mm-hmm. that other people didn't get a chance to, you know, ask a question, get help, get guidance. Mm. And so, yeah. But then I'm um, outside of sort of being a coaching client Um, I'm also in um, Facebook groups and I think I was saying to you a little while ago that I was in like, I don't know, I think I'd accumulated nearly 73 or something. So I just went through recently (laughs) and did a big cull of all my groups and I thought if I haven't been in this group for a little while, I'm just going to get out. So that's what I did. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I am in some groups and I they've got a few thousand in them And um, I think to myself, um, you know, what's it like for people who are in this group Mm. and what's it like for me to be in this group where there are thousands Mm. of other people? Sometimes I think it's helpful because you get exposure to other people, you know, who might be further along their journey than you. You can kind of hang back a little bit. You don't have to get too involved. Um, But then I also see that in some bigger groups as well, um, they can be very 
look, my, my big thing at the moment is, um, you know, there's too much information out there. It's, it's too overwhelming. And I think mm. when you are a, a member of a group and you have a question and you want to get some help, you know, it's for some people it takes a lot to be able to be able to post that question. And when they write it, you know, maybe they've backspaced and deleted it 10 times before they actually get the courage up to put it out there. And then they put it out there and then, boom, it's like set upon by, you know, 20 different commenters and they've all got their own opinion about what this person should and shouldn't be doing and it can be a bit judgy. And then I think sometimes those people who post the questions come away wishing they didn't or thinking that, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm more confused. Um but in other ways, I know I've posted questions in bigger groups and it's been super helpful. So I think it, I'm also a moderator of a, of a group that's got 3,000 odd people in it. And I think it just really, um, my experience of a group as a moderator then is I just want to try and make sure everybody's got access to the stage and that everybody can kind of get the help that they need without being, you know, too overwhelmed. Mm. And I think the other thing too is, um as a participant in big and small groups i really look to um group owners admins and and moderators to keep the integrity of the group i don't want to be bombarded with other people's promotions and spam and all that sort of stuff Mm. you know yeah yeah definitely and it's interesting because you talked about how you can post something and be overwhelmed Mm. but there's also the other experience Mm. when you post something and there's nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no response and you're like, me? Yes. Me? <laughs> My question is here. Absolutely. So, absolutely. I mean, that that was happening in the group that I had recently and I just, you remember, I just archived it a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it had yeah. um, I think 12 or 1,300 people in it. But people only wanted to post on the promo day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's really interesting because yeah. people go into groups for different mm. reasons. And when we're looking at groups in terms of connection, because I'm like mm-hmm. you, I must admit, my the number of groups I'm involved in on Facebook can creep up to over 80 really mm. easily. Um, but I probably own about 15 yeah. of them, including pop-up groups that you can't yeah. get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, which is a painful thing but I recently um, left a group because I'm trying to look at all these groups and go a am I getting value b is this a good fit for me am I giving value you know does this group uh, you know remain purposeful for me and there was a group that I just left and I I got a message from the group owner (laughs) and it's the first sentence was not is everything okay? I've noticed you've left mm. the group. It was, have I done something to offend you? Oh, dear. <laughs> and I've gone, oh, no, please don't take it personally. Mm. But at the moment it just, it's not a good mm-hmm. fit. It doesn't mm. work. And as a solo practitioner, one of the things I found was being wanting to hop into groups initially to do with growing my business, mm. growing my practice. But you see a split and this goes to one of the first stages of of groups, which is group formation Mm. and having some basic common principles and reasons for being in a group. Mm. So I found myself in groups that were to do with growing a private practice, which I actually don't want Mm -hmm. to do. And it took a while for me to realize 
hang on, I like these mm. people, but this just isn't the right mm-hmm. fit mm-hmm. for me. Um, so if we talk a little bit about the groups that we've been involved mm. with, which is a small mm-hmm. group, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Brooklyn because before then Brooklyn and I have kind of been in similar groups, groups that have overlapped, um, but not really knowing each other in any sort of way other than just commenting or, or not commenting as it might be on each other's posts. Um, and this group that we're in, and for purposes I'm just going to call yep. it Bill Gang. It's not what it's called, but it's a private mm-hmm. private group. And it's been quite a bit of a revelation for me anyway in terms of groups. Um it's been involved stepping back and having a look when we're working through the formation of a group. It's interesting because it's normally characterised by things such as people being polite to each other <laughs> and positive. And I remember the first time Brooklyn asked me for some feedback on something she'd done. <laughs> and so I said I'd call her. <laughs> and the first thing Brooklyn said was, now, you have to give it to me in a positive sandwich. <laughs> I've gone. Oh, okay, <laughs> because I I can tend to be a little bit um, blunt if I'm not careful, just trying to be honest with people. So, but it's a really good example of I don't really know you. I'm not sure how this is going to come across, <laughs> um, and but being honest and vulnerable, and letting me know what you wanted, which I think is a really great way of. Um, putting the boundaries and expectations, clarifying them as well. And um, my, I know my advice was I don't think it sounded like you. And I'm bringing this up because I think it's one of the things that underlines the connection and why this group works for us because it's not judgmental. It's about bringing out the best in each other and supporting each other, however that looks for the individual. And it's really important, and I know it is for me, and from what's happened in the group, I know it is for you and the other person as well, is that we're encouraging each other to be our authentic selves. So whatever that looks Mm. like, that's... um, So I think in terms of how the group's formed, though that's become a bit of a foundation for the group I don't know would you agree that's that's my opinion yeah absolutely I think you know in the beginning I, I was a, a bit wary because I didn't know really what are we going to be doing what's it really about how's it going to look and you know I'm used to leading things I'm not used to um not leading things and so that was a new experience and yeah so it was I guess for me it was a process of I guess letting the dust settle and trying to find my feet and see where you guys were at in terms of the group and I think that that um the willingness to be part of a group was there from the beginning but it did take time I think for barriers to drop for all all three of us and for us to let our guards down and I think now we've got a really powerful space as a result of that Our, our group that we've built now is um, you know, apart from my group that I've got, um, it's um, the only other group that I'm in every single day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and what 
Brooklyn saying, you know, finding finding our feet and finding where mm. the group's at, which is part of that the second stage of group development. So we're looking at what we might call the storming part. This is where, you know, we're questioning the value, we're developing trust. So it's, you know, the you're seeing more the not just the nice, polite side of people, but the more vulnerable, the more, I don't know, what's the opposite? The more real, the more ragged? I think, yeah, I think it kind of shifted. I think in that storming stage, things kind of shifted from being quite, you know, um, yeah, almost small talky, um, traditional, conventional and everything. I think that everything's um, kind of transformed over into being more vulnerable being more honest I mean there was a shift in our group Mm. from talking about work stuff like all the safe things like goals you know what are our goals Mm going to be for 2020 (laughs) let's sit down and map out (laughs) our goals so we had all this sort of stuff which is great but then after a while with with time and getting to know each other now it's like I had a really horrible day Hey, has this ever happened to you? <laughs> and remember yeah. those goals? Remember what, what were we meant to be working on? <laughs> so there was a shift there. It was a very, it was a very, it, it was almost like I, in my mind, I kind of remember it as being like, you know how when you go to the beach and you walk out into the water and then suddenly it just kind of drops off? Mm. There was that dropping down mm-hmm. into that deeper level of, of connection. I think for us, or for me anyway, that's where I really started to feel more connected to both of you. And I can remember being mm. quite nervous the first couple of times I did share about things that weren't going well, things I wasn't happy with, you know, stuff like that, because mm-hmm. I was worried about are they going to judge me? Um, will they still like mm. me? Will their opinion of me yeah. change? Will they still think that I'm a leader? Will they still think I'm a good person? Mm. Um, and mm. you did, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> but then that gave me the, the confidence now. I thought, oh, okay, I'm accepted and I can just be myself here. I don't have to wear a hat. I can leave my hat at the door and I can just mm. be myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And I remember when we first started, it was like, we have to agree that however we are in here, authentic, that outside of this, we mightn't mm-hmm. come across like this. Because we do have a slightly different professional mm. persona. And that's okay to do that. So the group is well and truly in the, in, in the norming. So the norming is working through differences, appreciating each other's strengths, being able to provide constructive mm. feedback not getting stuck into groupthink or feeling you have to tell people mm. what they want to hear because, you know, that's a big barrier in um, groups, being scared to challenge people. So the norming stage when you can do that and helping each other kind of shifting into the performing. Now, this isn't a group that has a group goal. It's a group that helps people achieve mm. individual goals which is kind mm. of the goal of the group. So it's kind of interesting to look at it mm. look at it that way. And I love that we can yeah. give each other the um, feedback that challenges and it, it's honest and, you know, we don't have to be swayed by what other people in the group are saying. Like I know sometimes yes. I've, I've put something out there, like maybe it's um, copy for a landing page, you know, one person said, oh, it's great and really love it and asked a few questions and you've gone, you know, I'm not so sure that it really, you know, speaks to, to who you are as, as a, a 
person, as a woman, as you know. And I'm like, okay. And then there are times too where you've posted stuff and said, what do you think? And I've gone, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So it's good that we we can do that without, um, you know, having to stress about repercussions, upsetting each other, anything like that. I think we all are at a point now where um, the group has... I don't know, it's just kind of very organically turned now into quite deep friendships, even though we've only had one group meeting. I know, we've only yes. met in person once. Oh, well, you and I met in person yeah. twice. Yeah. We've met in person twice. But, but for our group, it's only been one time. And we've been a group coming up to nearly 12 months. Did you hear me then? No, oh, you dropped out. I dropped out. Sorry. Oh, so that's okay. Because even though we've only had one, it's still mm. really important to have had that one because there is something about that face-to-face connection. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So that would be an advice to people listening. Even though you might be having an online, if there's an opportunity to meet in person, you know, take it, make that happen. Definitely. So, Brooklyn, what did you go on? Wait, what? I wanted to go back to what you were saying before about value in groups because Mm -hmm. I think that was really important and I wanted to know what um, value in a group means to you. Mm. So I think value, it does have to go both ways. So Mm. it needs to be adding something to your life but you also need to feel that as with the two-way connection that you're being a value in that group too. Mm. It's not my sort of personality just to go into something and take it's it's a really one way one dimensional way of um, interacting and I don't feel a connection with that so mm. a group needs to be more than that so um, the value is in connection but it also has to be relevant because as I said if I'm in 70 groups there might be some nice connections in all those groups but I don't have time to be a valuable member in all those groups so which one's Mm. best fit with what I need right now Um, so there's a value on a few different levels there Mm, so interesting isn't it Mm. when you start to unpack it all oh it is it's it's um quite fascinating but I'm conscious of time and I do want to talk to you a bit more about the group that you're running your private practice coaching because it's a little bit of a different model and it encompasses a lot of what we've talked about with this trust vulnerability connection and tapping into people's authenticity rather than telling them what Mm -hmm. is best for them Mm -hmm. absolutely so I started my um, private practice mentorship group recently as a result of um, my own journey with private practice. And so um, a couple of years ago, I really started getting into the spiritual stuff and I was really um, loving things like alignment and understanding what purpose meant and all that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, it was a bit polarising for a little while there because at the time it was quite new for people to be talking about and thinking about and stuff like that. But over time what's happened is um, I've just decided that I'm going to claim that space and so <laughs> um, I've been doing more work in that. I identify myself you now as a spiritual therapist and 
Um, I love helping um, private practice owners who are also into spirituality, who love abundance mindset, working with gratitude, want to um, look at how they can integrate um, uh, more clearly their purpose with their practice. And um, anyway, so there wasn't actually a group or a space um, where psychologists could go and talk about this kind of stuff. And I've been coaching clients, um, psychologists one-to-one for about two years now, and it, it keeps coming up as a bit of a theme. So I thought I'd create that space. And so the model is that um, it's about transformation in my group. It's not a group where you can come and say, you know, what do you think I should do when everybody bombards you with their opinions? Um, I wanted this to be a group where people could come along and be coached by me initially because it's only a small group that's just started. But over time, you know, the plan is get other coaches in to do the coaching. But for now it's me. Um, But they can come and be coached through their issues. So what happens as a result of that is they um, work through the issue themselves in in the group and it's done through the comments. Um, So they'll put a little post up and they'll say, you know, I'm having trouble recruiting a a team member, you know, no one's responding to my ad and I don't know what to do. So then I can then coach them through that. And so I'll ask them a question, they'll give me an answer, I'll ask them a question, they'll give me an answer. And so we kind of go through the process. And at the end, they experience a shift and then that shift allows them to take action, like to to then go and put a strategy in place. And so it's using these kinds of tools that people have um, been able to, to get results. And so I think for me, I really want to teach them how to have these results for themselves, not just throw more information at them because I think there's just too much Mm. information out there. The value Mm -hmm. is the transformation and the value is in being able to come together with other women that are also high vibe, that want to talk about human design, that want to talk about um, manifesting, you know, they all did, um, they all participated in the manifesting challenge. They got new clients. Someone got a new contract worth $42,000 for her brand new private practice. Somebody else um, hired two team members and she'd been looking for 18 months. Um, so using all of these tools, this is a safe space where they can come and do that. And they support each other in that and um, they encourage each other and they don't have to get in there every single day, but it's just a space where they know it's there, it's available, they they get their own shifts. It's like a safe space where it's not therapy but kind of like, you know, when you're in a session with a client, you kind of, you've got to, you can give them the information or you can guide them to come into that, you know, mm-hmm. outcome for themselves, which is, of course, mm-hmm. the preference. It's what you want to be doing. So mm-hmm. that's why my group's different. It's about the spiritual stuff and it's about the transformation for people. So, yeah, and I love it so much. I'm so in love with my group, honestly, so in love, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's one of the things I, I love about you, Brooklyn, is your, is your energy and is what you give, give to people. It's so inspiring and I think those Aww. people are very lucky to be in your group. And, of course, I will have the links and the details about Brooklyn's group in the show notes for you guys to check out. Thank you. Um, later as well. I, so, will, I will share your uh, details for your group with my email list too. 
Oh, cool. So um, whatever group, whichever one that is that I'm focusing okay. on. <laughs> I'm a bit of a group junkie. And I love groups because what Brooklyn's talking about is creating those safe spaces where people mm. can explore things and come to them in their own time and be supported in that vulnerability and connection. Yes. So there's something really magical about that um, that level of energy. So, so true. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so this, I'm not going to keep you too much longer because Brooklyn is in the middle of an extremely busy day <laughs> um, and I want her to conserve some energy for the rest of the day as well. But is there anything else you'd like to say, um, Brooklyn, about groups yeah. or connection or anything? Absolutely. I want to know what you're loving about your groups. Oh, well... My newest group, which so I'm running, I run the Victorian Psychologist Networking Group for those who don't know, and we've just hit our two-year mark. Yay. And yay, I know. So there's, I think we're up to about 460 members. And what I love about that is that that was created as a safe space. Mm-hmm. We come back to this, don't we? Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, for all Victorian psychologists to come to and be accepted and not judged on what type of qualification they have, but where they can have their strengths and their abilities and their recognition and referrals be based on that rather than on any sort of labelling. So that's what I love about that group. It's it's an all-encompassing group. So, And the other group that I'm starting, which is a peer networking group, um, I've been inspired by the small group that Brooklyn and I have talked about and modified a little bit of what I was going to run as a mastermind group to be more a peer networking group and more for solo practitioners. And I'm not a coach, so I'm not doing what Brooklyn's doing, but it's a facilitator role. And I want people Mm -hmm. to experience some of the things that we've been talking about today amongst equals. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm excited about with that group. Oh, it's yeah. so exciting. I can't wait to see how that evolves. So, yeah, so there we go. That's groups. And, um, Brooklyn for joining me today to have this discussion about connections and groups and safe spaces, creating safe spaces for people mm, to be their authentic selves. That's kind of what it boils down to Hmm. Mm -hmm. and being aware that it just won't happen there are phases a group goes through it does need um, an effort and a commitment from people involved in the group to make it work Mm -hmm. and that's absolutely yeah that's when the magic happens absolutely okay well thank you Brooklyn very much for being the guest on my 50th episode of the podcast Yay, Yay! Thank you so much for having me. No. I I loved it so much. I could talk the leg off a chair. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to do it again soon. You'll have to come on to mine. That sounds great. And I'll also share the link to your podcast as well in the show notes. So we'll sort that awesome. out for everybody. Okay. Have Yay. a great day. Thank you. Bye. The big thank you to Brooklyn for sharing her insights, travel stories and her vulnerability about when she was feeling lonely at high school. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, 
We would love to hear your stories about loneliness and connection. Simply send me an email. Details are in the show notes. And until next week, take care of yourself. Bye.